from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. Make sure you download our ministry mobile app, where you can watch our programs, access Bible versions, daily devotions, and more. Just visit the App Store for your mobile device and look for D. James Kennedy Ministries. Where you begin very much influences where you will end. In navigation, merely being off by a few degrees at the beginning of a journey will result in being hundreds or even thousands of miles off at the end. The same is true with culture and society. Understanding where we came from is crucial to getting where we're going. And by the same token, holding false premises about our origins can send cultures into a tailspin, not unlike the one we're experiencing now. So what does God's word have to say about our origins? How does today's culture get it wrong? And what are the sometimes devastating consequences of that? Dr. D. James Kennedy explains in his message, The Glorious Creation. Our scripture lesson this morning is taken from the beginning, from the beginning of all things, the first book, the first chapter, the first verse of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. May we hear the inspired word of the living God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. 
and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And may God speak to our hearts and minds today from this his holy word, and may his name ever be praised. Amen. Even many skeptics have admitted that the Bible has been the most influential book in the history of the world, in light of the fact that it has been printed in more editions, translated into more languages, purchased in more volumes, and read by more people than any other book in history, that is a reasonable conclusion. It has indeed given birth to modern Western society. Now, if that is true, then scientist and biblical scholar Henry Morris, who believes as I do that it is, he believes that the most important book in the Bible is the book of Genesis. Now, some of us might argue for the importance of the Gospel of John or the book of Romans, but he certainly has a point, and you should hear it. He says, if the Bible were somehow expurgated of the book of Genesis, the rest of the Bible would be incomprehensible. Think about it. It would be like a building without a foundation, like a bridge without support. It would be incomprehensible because the book of Genesis gives us the beginning of all things. He says that it presents to us the origin of the universe, the origin of order and complexity, the origin of the solar system, the origin of the atmosphere and hydrosphere, the origin of life, the origin of man, the origin of marriage, the origin of evil, a great enigma to those who are without biblical understanding and bereft of scriptural knowledge. It gives us the origin of language. Think about it. Where did language come from? <clears throat> did it come from simply the gradual, ever more complex grunts and groans of animal-like creatures as the evolutionists would have us to believe? The evidence points exactly in the opposite direction. The most primitive languages are the most complex, not the other way around. Take the Greek language with which I'm familiar. It comes <clears throat> from Sanskrit, which was a very complex language. That gave rise to classical Greek, the language of Homer and Aristotle and Plato, which is less complex, but still a very complex language. Less complex is the Koine Greek of the biblical period that the New Testament is written in. And that gave rise to modern Greek, which is a very simplified form of the Koine. Things are going from complex to simple, the very opposite of the evolutionary view. Genesis gives us the origin of government, the origin of culture, the origin of nations, the origin of religion, the origin of the chosen people, and other things. Indeed, if the Bible were expurgated of the book of Genesis, the rest of the Bible and most of life would be incomprehensible as it is to many moderns who do not have that understanding. It is no wonder that many of the attacks of unbelievers have been directed against the foundations of all things. Uh, Ken Ham, in one of his books, has an interesting cartoon 
It shows two little miniature castles, each built upon a foundation. They have their walls, their turrets, their towers, and their banners flying. Uh, there's one man standing on the wall of each of these. One of them is titled Christianity. The other is secular humanism. Uh, the Christian is firing his cannon against one of the many pennants of the secular atheistic humanism. One of the things that they stand for, whether it be gambling or homosexual or free divorce or abortion or whatever it might be. But the secular humanist has his cannon aimed downward and is blasting the foundation out from under the Christian castle. And so it is that much of the effort of the unbeliever has been aimed at the foundations of Christianity which are found in the book of Genesis. Michael Denton who wrote a fascinating book in 86 entitled Evolution, A Theory in Crisis, one of many hundreds of books and articles that were written in the 80s that point out that evolution is falling apart, that there are fissures appearing in the walls and floor, that the columns have collapsed, and it is in bad shape, but also pointing out that it has had enormous and devastating impact upon the modern world in which we live. He says, the voyage of the Beagle was a journey of awesome significance. That was, of course, Darwin's ship that he set sail from England in in 1831. The purpose of the voyage <clears throat> was to survey Patagonia. The result, however, was to shake the foundations of Western thought. The origin of species which followed has been referred to as one of the most important books ever written, and it is because it seeks to shake the foundations of the most important book ever written. As far as Christianity was concerned, he says, the advent of the theory of evolution and the elimination of traditional teleological, teleological thinking was catastrophic. Now, many Christians don't know what teleological thinking is. Telos is the Greek word for end or purpose. And it is the kind of thinking that all of us engage in every day of our lives. It is that we believe that life has a purpose and that everything that you do has a purpose and an end. And that's what life is all about. This is anathema to the evolutionist. Teleology is their most hated word. Nothing has a purpose or an end. These things that appear to have purposes and ends are simply the results of blind chance that happen to appear to be purposeful. But there is no purpose in life, they tell us. And consequently, life has no significance or meaning or importance. As Stephen Jay Gould has put it in one of his books, that you are no important than a dried twig that you'd pick up off the lawn of your backyard good for nothing to be thrown but to be thrown in the garbage can or the fire. You're not even as significant as a tree or even a branch. You're a dead twig, that's all. That is a lesson in utter devastation of everything that the whole human race has held important forever. It is a lesson in suicide and meaninglessness to life. And Denton continues, the suggestion that life and man are the result of chance is incompatible with the biblical assertion of their being the direct result 
of intelligent creative activity. It was because Darwin broke man's link with God and set him adrift in a cosmos without purpose or end that its impact was so fundamental. No other intellectual revolution of modern times, saving perhaps for the Copernican revolution, has had such a tremendous impact on the way that men viewed themselves and their place in the universe. But as evolutionary biologist Richard Dawkins said, Darwin made it possible to be an intellectually fulfilled atheist, and I might also say intellectually acceptable atheist today. And so the 20th century has been called the century of atheism. There have been more atheists in the world in this century than any other time before. Communism, this great organized system of atheism, has uh, resulted in killing more than 130 millions of people. The results have been devastating, uh, to say the very, very least. Now, what many Christians don't realize is the inco incompatibility and the hostility of evolution toward the Bible and toward Christianity. Surveys show that 40% of Americans believe that the Bible is true and evolution is true. That is simply the result of ignorance and sloppy, lazy thinking. That's all. They will not fit together. There are dozens of reasons why you can't put the two of them together, but those who don't want to exert uh, their mental capacities to consider it will try to solve the problem by saying that they are both true. Sir Julian Huxley. Sir Julian was the leading evolutionist in the world when he died. He was also the president of UNESCO, United Nations Educational Scientific Cultural Organization. And he said this, it is clear that the doctrine of evolution is directly antagonistic to that of creation. Evolution, if consistently accepted, makes it impossible to believe the Bible. And that's why all of the leading evolutionists of our time are atheists. And only those Christians who are naive and foolish would try to think that they can have both of them as true as well. As one evolutionist said, in order to develop new evolutionary theories, there are two things that are required. First, you must have a fertile imagination, be able to spin a good tale. And secondly, it depends upon the credulity of your audience. And we've got a lot of such audiences, I'm afraid, in America today that are willing to believe any latest findings, any newly spun theory of any evolutionary tale teller. Purely the result of imagination. As one of France's greatest scientists put it, evolution is a fairy tale for adults. And it is the basis of almost all modern science fiction. It is a fairy tale, a technological fairy tale for adults. The late Sir William Dawson, Canada's greatest geologist, said of evolution, quote, it is one of the strangest phenomena of humanity. It is utterly destitute of proof. And even such a great thinker as Robert Millikan, Dr. Millikan was a famous physicist, Nobel Prize winner, 
And he said, quote, the pathetic thing is that we have scientists who are trying to prove evolution, which no scientist can ever prove. As Arthur Field has pointed out, it's based upon belief in the reality of the unseen. It is faith. Faith is a substance of things unseen. It is belief in fossils that cannot be produced, belief in embryological evidence that does not exist, belief in breeding experiments that refuse to come out, come off rather. It is faith, it is a religion, it is the religion of the unbeliever. And does it have any practical effect on our lives? May I say it does? Let me say that most, most of the chaos in our world and country today not to mention Nazism and fascism and communism and all of those other isms, most of the breakdown in morality has come about in our time because of the onslaught of evolution. You cannot build any moral system on an evolutionary foundation. If you doubt that, let me quote to you a rather well-known evolutionist named Charles Darwin. This is what Darwin said, quote, I feel, talking about the problem of morality in this new world which he had created, I feel deeply that the whole subject is too profound for the human intellect. A dog might as well speculate on the mind of Newton, Sir Isaac Newton. Let each man hope and believe what he can. I'm reminded of judges which ends up in every man did that which is right in his own eyes. And so all objective and absolute morality falls to the ground. Ken Ham talking about this destruction of morality and the chaos. What you see on the front page of your newspaper, what you hear on the 6 o'clock and 11 o'clock news, what we see in the streets, the locks on your door, the collapse of marriage, the perversion of our time, all traces in large measure back to evolution. He says, this is what the average young person says today, and those who are not so young as well. It takes a few generations for people to finally get consistent in their lives with their philosophy and their worldview. Well, they have become consistent in our time. And now, we're no longer living on the basis of a Christian biblical worldview, even though a person may not have personally believed it, we lived by it for many, many decades. But that's no longer the case. Today people are saying, if there is no creator, who sets the absolutes? And why am I still following these Christian rules about marriage and sex and truth and ethics? Why can't I do whatever I want to do? And one college student who was a devout evolutionist came up to Ken and said to him this, why can't I write my own rules about life and decide what I want to do? He said, you want to write your own rules about life? He said, yes. He said, well, you can do that if you like, but then so can I. And that means that I can shoot you. Well, you can't do that, the student said. Why not? It's not right. Why isn't it right? Because it's, it's wrong. Why is it wrong? Well, he couldn't answer that. It's just not right, he said. He said, you've got a problem, young man. You want to write your own rules about life? Well, then, what about me? Don't I have the right to write my own rules about life? Well, he said, yeah, that, that seems fair. 
Okay, well, here's one of my first rules. Types like you are dangerous, and we're going to remove you from society. Well, you can imagine what the student thought about that. But that's where we have come, to a place where there are no objective rules, no morality, no ethics, and we have chaos in our streets, in our classrooms, in our families, in our country today. And people don't stop to think, where did it come from? Because they've been firing the big cannons and destroying the foundation. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, we can realize what the problem is, and we can quit equivocating and compromising and do some hard thinking and take a firm stand on what is the truth. And we can begin to change it. Because we live in a time when, I, as I said, the foundations of evolution are crumbling. Book after book after book is coming out, pointing out that the whole thing is a sham. There's no evidence for it at all. It is the big lie. And it has done devastation to our modern world. We live in a time when, when Jack indeed is taking his axe to the beanstalk. And I think we're going to see the day when that giant comes crashing down. And we are restored to the only solid foundation for life, for ethics, for religion and for science, the most scientifically accurate statement that has ever been written by Origins about Origins is this. Don't forget it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. May we pray. Father, we thank thee that thy word standeth firm forever, and that all of the philosophies and theories of men will ultimately collapse of their own falsity and their own weight. And we pray that the great truth of our creation, of our relationship to thee, of the meaning and purpose and significance which you give to your life, to our lives, will once again be spread abroad throughout this land where our children will learn the real meaning of their existence and their purpose for living and that morality and ethics may once again be established in America, a nation built upon your creation, upon your word, and upon your truth. We pray this in the name of the great Sovereign Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Dr. Kennedy encouraged us to stand for truth. And one way we can do that is to share the one who is absolute truth, Jesus Christ. I hope you'll share him with someone today just the way someone once shared him with you. In case you're watching right now and you've never really understood who Jesus Christ is and what He came to do, please let me tell you.
You see, Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He lived a perfect life and then willingly died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. A penalty that we will one day have to pay unless we place our trust in Him and receive the free gift of eternal life that He offers us while we're here on earth. Please understand, God is merciful and He doesn't want to punish us, but He's also just and He must punish our sin. You may know this verse, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Have you received that gift of everlasting life? If not, I urge you to pray this prayer with me right now saying, Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for coming into this world to die for me. I'm sorry for my sins and I repent and I ask you to cleanse me and make me brand new so that I might live for you from this day forward. I place my trust in you alone and thank you for the gift of eternal life. In your name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, here's what Jesus Christ says. Whoever believes in me has everlasting life. Go forward today in the assurance of your salvation. And to help you grow in your new faith, we want to send you Beginning Again. It's the book Dr. Kennedy has written for new believers just like you. To receive your copy, just write to our address or call our toll-free number and be sure to ask for Beginning Again. God bless you as you do. As Dr. Kennedy shared today, if we reject the fact of God's creation of the universe and of us, we lose the basis for language, morality, just government, and so many other things necessary for life that we often take for granted. But most people have simply never thought it through. They don't realize how leaving God out of the equation affects truth all the way down the line. We've developed a new resource to combat that deficit and to help everyone understand God's meticulous design for every area of life. It's a new book called Make Your Life Count. Discover God's plan for the rest of your life. And we want to send it to you today as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free, 888-332-3069. Or go online to djkm.org. I, along with Dr. Jerry Newcomb and other members of our ministry team, have written the chapters in this book to help you see in a fresh, new, clear way how God is at work in everything in the universe. Clear away the falsehoods and misunderstandings and get the clarity of a truly biblical worldview. Get the brand new book, Make Your Life Count. Discover God's plan for the rest of your life as our thanks for your generous donation Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. We at D. James Kennedy Ministries are standing for truth 
and defending your freedom. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.